Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. Last week, we began to address the following question Do you know how to fight a good fight? We closed last week's broadcast as I was in the process of introducing you to what the BBC calls the Gottman Love Lab. Let's pick up there. Doctors John and Julie Gottman set up a studio apartment on the University of Washington Medical School campus. This idyllic location on the Lake Washington Ship Canal is actually a psychology laboratory where couples come and spend a weekend being observed and monitored as they interact. Over 3,000 couples have done this. Beneath their casual clothes, there are monitors taped to their skin recording their heart rates. A different gadget measures their perspiration and galvanic skin response. Their every movement Facial expression and conversation is videotaped by three wall-mounted cameras and watched by observers hidden behind one-way glass. The only areas not being watched by cameras or observers are the bathroom and bedroom. Each day they give blood and urine samples for additional hormone and other analysis. Using this high-tech equipment, Dr. Gottman and his team of researchers have been studying marriages for more than 30 years, identifying which ones will improve and succeed and which ones will deteriorate and fail. They are able to predict which ones will make it and which ones won't with an accuracy rate of over 91%. Dr. Gottman can spot and track a couple's marital breakdown by observing how they handle conflict. There are four bad omens that appear in conflict that are a part of what he identifies as the six predictors of divorce. When these bad omens appear in conflict, danger is imminent. He calls these four bad omens the four horsemen of the apocalypse. These four disastrous ways of interacting will sabotage your attempts to resolve conflict constructively. The four are Criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. Dr. Gottman discusses these at length in his best-selling book, Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. That book has sold over one million copies worldwide. Four years ago, I attended the Gottman Institute and received their training so I can teach this material. I'm what they call a Gottman leader for the seven principles for making marriage work. Well, let's take a look at each of these four horsemen of the apocalypse. The first one is criticism. According to the parrots, complaining is a healthy marital activity. Airing the complaint, though rarely pleasant, makes the marriage stronger in the long run than suppressing the complaint and you will always have some complaints about the person you live with. But there's a world of difference between complaint and criticism. A complaint focuses on a specific behavior or event. Criticism is labeling someone and making it about their character rather than about the behavior you would like them to change. Complaints usually begin with the word I, and criticisms with the word you. Let me give you some examples. 
I wish we went out more often, is a complaint. You never take me anywhere, is a criticism. Complaint. I need you to check with me before inviting anyone over for dinner. I wanted to spend time alone with you tonight. I want us to schedule a romantic evening this week. Criticism. Why do you keep putting your friends ahead of me? I always come last on your list. Are you avoiding spending time alone with me? Complaint. There's no gas in the car. I'm upset that you didn't fill it up like you said you would. Could you please deal with it tomorrow? Criticism. Why can't you ever remember anything? I told you a thousand times to fill up the tank and you didn't. You're always so careless. Criticism is just a short hop beyond complaining and it may seem like splitting hairs. But receiving criticism really does feel far worse than receiving a complaint. This first of the four horsemen is very common in relationships. So if you and your spouse are critical of each other, don't assume you're headed for divorce court. The problem with criticism is that when it becomes frequent, it paves the way for the other far deadlier horsemen. The antidote? Complain without blame. Contempt is the second horseman. Contempt will poison a relationship whether a couple has been together four months or forty years. Contempt arises from a sense of superiority over one's partner. It's a form of disrespect. It's putting yourself on a higher plane and looking down on the other person. It's an attitude where the contemptuous person thinks of himself or herself as better than or superior to the other person in some way. They may think they're smarter, neater, cleaner, more punctual, more considerate, more thoughtful, and more helpful. It's a position of, I'm okay, you're not okay. Dr. Gottman calls contempt the sulfuric acid of relationships. It eats right through the relationship. It's the most detrimental of the four horsemen. It is also the highest predictor of divorce. Contempt includes any form of putting your partner down. It might include name-calling, swearing, belittling, demeaning, mocking, and eye-rolling. It can take the form of sarcasm with a superficial edge of humor, but with a cutting edge to it. When contempt is displayed, it's virtually impossible to engage in a constructive dialogue, and it usually results in even more conflict. Contempt doesn't develop overnight in a relationship. When one feels unappreciated and unvalued, frustration builds up over time and verbalizations become contemptuous. It doesn't start out that way. It creeps into the relationship as needs go unmet. And speaking of emotional needs, again, if you would like a copy of Willard F. Harley Jr.'s Emotional Needs Questionnaire, Send an email request to Pastor Gary at CloverdaleChurch.org and I'll send you a copy. The antidote to contempt is to change the culture of the relationship to one of appreciation, thankfulness, and gratitude. When partners feel appreciated, accepted, and valued, they respond in more positive ways devoid of contempt.
Horseman number three is defensiveness. Defensiveness is a way to protect yourself and ward off a perceived attack. If you are being bombarded with insults, the natural inclination is to defend yourself. A defensive response either states or implies, the problem isn't me, it's you. Dr. Gottman says there are two ways to be defensive. The most common is to counterattack. Often this includes a response such as, Oh yeah? What about you? For example, if one partner asks the other to straighten up their stuff in the living room, a defensive response would be, Well, what about your mess in the bedroom? Then what typically happens is that defensive response is met with another defensive reply, such as, Oh, you want to see a real mess? What about all your stuff piled up in the closet that you said you'd clean up years ago? They keep escalating the interaction by their defensive counterattacks to the degree that sometimes the original issue gets lost in the foray. In this example, even if it is true that there is a bigger mess in the bedroom, the issue is about the clutter in the living room. The people who are masters of marriage take responsibility for at least some part of the problem. In this example, one might say, It's getting a little disorderly. I'll straighten it up. Then they bring up the bedroom mess at another time if it's a concern to them. A second way of being defensive is to whine or play the role of the innocent victim. This may include statements like, You're always picking on me. Nothing I do is ever good enough for you. Or, I can't do anything right. This also is avoiding taking responsibility. Now, if you're really good, you can find a way to be whiny and counterattack at the same time. Boom, you've got them. But you continue the cycle of conflict. One may be factually correct. There may be a bigger mess in the bedroom, but relationally disastrous. Either form of defensiveness escalates conflict and moves the couple farther away from resolution. The antidote for this horseman is taking responsibility for at least some part of the issue. Horseman number four is stonewalling. Eventually, one partner tunes out. He or she acts like they couldn't care less about what you're saying. They are physically there, but they seem disinterested and tuned out. They're there, but they're not really there. It's like talking to a stone wall. Most stonewallers, about 85% of them, are men. Feeling overwhelmed by emotions, they start withdrawing by presenting a stonewall response. They try to keep their faces immobile, avoid eye contact, hold their necks rigid, and avoid nodding their heads or making the small sounds that would indicate they are listening. Stonewallers often claim they are trying not to make things worse but they do not seem to realize that stonewalling itself is a very powerful act. It conveys disapproval, icy distance, and smugness. There's another area of mutual understanding that we need to be aware of concerning stonewalling. In my opinion, a big factor contributing to the 85% number being men is understanding how men handle stress. In general, men handle stress by withdrawing, 
emotionally and sometimes physically. Well, our time is gone for today. As I close, again, I want to encourage you to attend one of the many Bible-believing and teaching churches here in the Treasure Valley. If you don't have a home church, we'd love to have you visit us. Our services at Cloverdale Church of God are at 9.30 and 11 a.m. And we're located at 3755 South Cloverdale Road. That's between Victory and Amity. Have a great weekend. God bless. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.